Now our Bible reading this morning is continuing our series about thinking about being down in the valley. And uh, our reading today is a familiar one. It's from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 31. uh, And it's the story of Jesus walking on the water. And Susan is going to come and read that for us today. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Thanks be to God for the reading of his word. Now if you do have your Bible with you this morning, please do turn back to Matthew chapter 14 as we look at this familiar passage of Jesus walking on the water um, today. Now, as I said, this is a a familiar passage uh, in Matthew 14. We've looked at it uh, fairly recently uh, on a Sunday morning, uh, and we've also looked at it in our evening reflections too. Over the last few weeks, we've been looking at and thinking about those things which keep us down in the valley in our faith, because we know that in terms of faith, that we're not always on the mountaintop, are we? That there are times when it's really hard to be a Christian. There are times in our Christian life when it just seems that God isn't there. Now, over the last few weeks in particular, we have thought about specific things which can keep us down in the valley. We've thought about past regrets, things that we have done in our past that we struggle to let go of. And we think, well, God can never accept me. And we thought about how those things can keep us down in the valley. But we looked at the example of Paul. Paul, who persecuted the church, who was there approving when the first martyr of the church was killed. And we saw how Paul moved on in his faith and was able to climb up the mountain once more to the mountain top. We thought about fear of the future. Sometimes in our life that can paralyze us, can't it? When we think about what might happen in the future, we think, I don't know. But we thought about how God is always there, that God can help us through. And then last week we thought about those times when we have forgotten about grace. Those times in our life when we are bitter. Those times when we look around us, we think, oh, they seem to be doing far better than I am. 
And we become bitter in and of ourselves because we forget that everything that we have, everything that we are, is all a gift from God. It's all a gift of grace. So we've looked at these different things uh, in our last uh, few weeks. Now today as we continue this series, what we're going to think about is something that affects all of us from time to time. Those times when we look at the waves and those times when we have our doubts. Those times when we look at the waves and we'll understand more of that uh, as we look at this passage today. And those times in our life, in our Christian life, when we have doubts. And to help us today, we're going to think about this specific story in Matthew 14. Now, the context of this story is probably familiar to most of us. Jesus has just fed the 5,000, an amazing miracle. And he tells the disciples to get back into the boat. Remember, they're in a a remote place. That's why he fed the 5,000 in the first place. And he tells the disciples, get in the boat, and I'm going to dismiss the crowd. And so the disciples go off into the boat. Jesus dismisses the crowd. And once he's dismissed the crowd, he goes by himself up a mountainside to pray. And then we're told later that night, as Jesus is on the mountainside praying, he can clearly see the boat in the distance. And it's a considerable distance from the land, and it's buffeted by the waves because the wind is against it. And so you can imagine Jesus there on the the mountaintop. He's been there praying, and he looks out, and he sees this boat. He sees the disciples in the boat, and they're struggling. They're struggling because the wind is against them. Now, what I really want you to notice here, because this is something that's often missed when we look at this passage, is that the waves are whipped up before Jesus is even near the boat. I want you to notice that this morning, that the waves are already churned up before Jesus even goes near the boat. That's really really important. Hold that in your hand. Hold it in your head just for a moment. We'll come to that later on. You see, I want you to notice that it's not as if Jesus walks on the water when the sea is calm, and then it becomes windy, and then the waves are whipped up. And this is really important when we think about Peter later. So Jesus sees the disciples struggling against the waves on the Sea of Galilee. And shortly before dawn, Jesus goes out walking on the water. Now the disciples, they see somebody walking on the water and understandably they are terrified. If you were on a a boat, I try to avoid boats at all costs. I like terra firma. That is the place to be. But if you're out on a boat and you're out towards Aaron and you saw someone walking towards you, would you not be a wee bit terrified? Wow, is that something you see every day? No, it's not, is it? You would be, what is happening? Who is this that's coming out? Understandably, the disciples are terrified. And firstly, they don't believe it's Jesus. They think it's a ghost. They think that's what they're seeing. And they call out in fear. But then Jesus says, take courage, it is I, 
Don't be afraid. Now, if this were you or I at this point, we would breathe a sigh of relief, wouldn't we? And we'd continue our journey. Oh, is Jesus, Jesus is there. It's Jesus who's been walking on the water. Oh, that's, that's great. It's not a ghost. That's wonderful. And Jesus is right there. Great. I don't know about you. I'd be sitting back in my seat thinking, oh, fantastic. But Peter is not like most of us. Do you notice that? Because Peter, what does Peter say to Jesus? This is extraordinary, what Peter says to Jesus. He says, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. That's the character of Peter, isn't it? He's always first. He's always the spokesman. He's always a bit out there, isn't he? You see, remember that Peter's the one who declared that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one, when he hears about the resurrection from the woman who went to the tomb, what does he do? He's the one who runs there. Now, John was clearly a wee bit fitter and got there first, but Peter's the one who dies straight into the tomb. That's his personality. He's the one, when he hears it's Jesus who's on the shore following the resurrection, what does he do? He jumps in the water and he swims ashore. That's Peter. He's so positive. He's so energetic in in so many ways. He also has his flaws, and we know his flaws, don't we? He's the one who rebukes Jesus when Jesus says he's going to die. And receives a a stinging rebuke back himself. He's the one who says he will never desert Jesus. Even when others will desert you, Jesus, I never will. And what does Jesus, uh, Peter do? Denies Jesus three times. So I want you to see this morning, Peter has his strengths. But he also has his weaknesses. So many weaknesses. And of course, as we are here this morning... We all have our own personalities, don't we? Our own strengths, our own flaws. Some of us are like Peter. We're we're all in. We're heart on the sleeve. We're we're energetic. Some of us are a bit more laid back, lethargic. Some of us are somewhere in the middle. We're all different. Have strengths and weaknesses, and sometimes our strengths can become our greatest weaknesses. We have to be careful. Now, sometimes we think that when we become a Christian, that God zaps us and changes our personality. But that's not true, is it? God created us as we are, with the personality that we have, strengths and weaknesses, some things that we struggle with and some things that are are easier for us. Peter is the same before he's converted as he is afterwards in terms of personality. So what happens here with Peter? Well, what I want you to notice, first of all, is Peter starts with great faith. He starts with great faith. Because he says to Jesus to tell him to come out onto the water. I don't know about you, or you know, certainly for me, I would not be wanting to get out onto the water. But Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out to you. And perhaps surprisingly, Jesus says, come. 
I've often wondered about that. It's strange. What happens if Jesus said, come on, Peter, you're just being foolish. Why do you want to come out here? But Jesus said, come. Come, he says. And this is where Peter shows great faith. Because he doesn't say, oh, Jesus, I was just joking. You know, I don't really want to come. What does he do? He swings his legs over the side. He gets out of the boat and he goes out onto the water. Now, I want you to remember here, because you've just been holding this in your brain, haven't you? That when, G- when Peter went out onto the water, was it flat calm? No, it wasn't. It was not flat calm. This is really, really important. It was really, really churned up. So I want you to notice that it wasn't that Peter started walking on nice, smooth water, and then it became rough. The water was always rough. That's what I want you to notice. That's really important, isn't it? You see, Peter swings his legs over to the side and he walks on the water, over this rough water towards Jesus. So what changes? You see, sometimes I think we have the impression in this story that when Peter starts walking in the water, it's all flat, he begins to be a wee bit rough and then he gets scared. That's not what happens. It isn't that the weather gets rougher. It's something within Peter that changes. You see, from having great faith, from getting up out of his seat, swinging his legs over the side, and walking on the water, from having great, wonderful faith, suddenly he has little faith. Did you notice that? Little faith. That's what Jesus says. You have little faith. Why did you doubt Now, I don't know about you when you see someone like Peter. But he strikes me as the kind of person who's either on the mountaintop or he's in the deepest valley. That's what he's like. He's either extreme. He's either in ecstasy or he's in despair. And Peter starts with great faith, but then something changes. What changes? It isn't his circumstances. The wind is, is blowing as before. The, the waves are as they were before. Jesus is there as he was before. So what changes? Well, verse 30 says that it's when he sees the wind that he becomes afraid. That's a really strange expression, isn't it? Because how do you, how do you see the wind? Well, it seems to me that Peter suddenly looks at the wave, sees the effect of the wind, becomes afraid and begins to sink. So I want you to notice what happens here, the pattern. Peter starts off well, gets out of the boat, walks on the water, but then his faith begins to ebb away and he begins to sink. You see, what happens? Well, the doubts begin to creep in. The questions you see, I imagine that you were Peter and you swung your legs over the side. You'd be a wee bit tentative, wouldn't you? Is this going to hold? Oh, wow, this is going to hold me. And then you think, hold on a sec. What am I doing here? What, why am I here? Well, water doesn't hold me. And you're sinking. You end up focusing on the waves rather than focusing upon Jesus. He starts off well and then his faith ebbs away. And the doubts come in, the questions. Now, what are we to learn from this this morning? Well, the fact is that all Christians at one time or another have doubts. 
And I think in the church we need to be more honest about that, that sometimes we have doubts. You see, if you're a Christian here today and you've not had doubts at one time or another, then you must be some kind of amazing saint. Because we all have doubts. There are times when our faith is challenged. Times when faith is difficult. But notice that it isn't a sudden change in circumstance that brought Peter doubts in our passage. It was a change within himself. That's what I want you to notice. A change within himself, great faith to little faith. You see, to begin with, he trusted Jesus. He was walking on the water, and then the doubts came in, and he began to sink. And the same can be true for us. Now, often the doubts come in because we forget truly who Jesus is and what he is able to do. That's when the doubts come. We forget that Jesus is the king of creation, that he is sovereign over all, that he's powerful. And he not only walks on the water himself, he's, he's also able to allow Peter to do so too. He makes the impossible possible. And Peter loses his focus on Jesus and he instead looks at the wind and the waves and he doubts. And that can happen to us too, can't it? We end up focusing on the problem rather than focusing on the problem solver. Now there are two things that I would say as we think through how we can avoid slipping down into the valley of little faith. The first thing is the antidote to doubt. You see, we all experience doubts, don't we? Doubts like, is the Christian faith true? Is God even there? But what can help us persevere with faith through the doubts? It's truly knowing who Jesus is. It's truly knowing who God is. It's reminding ourselves of what God has done. It's remembering that God is powerful, that he's much bigger than any problem that we might have. It's knowing and believing these things in our hearts. And it's constantly being reminded of them from God's word, which is why it's so important that we know God's word. Why is it important that we don't just read our Bible Sunday to Sunday? And we actually read it every day because God's word sustains us. It reminds us of who God is so that when we face difficulties and problems in our life, we can say, do you know, I was reading this morning about God's love. I was reading about the end of Romans chapter 8. But it tells me that, that, that God will never leave me or forsake me because he's such a wonderful God. When we know deep in our heart what God's Word says, when we meditate upon it because it tells us who God is, and it will sustain us. That's the antidote to doubt, is looking at God's Word, remembering who God is. You see, sometimes we face difficulties in life because our vision of God is too small. I believe that's probably what happens here. Peter forgets about Jesus and he looks at the waves. That can happen in our lives too, can't it? 
But there's also something else really, really important for us to note here. And that thing is this. That even when our faith is little, even when the doubts come in, even when we begin to sink, that if we call out to the Lord, he doesn't let us sink. Did you notice that this morning? You see, as Peter doubts, he begins to sink. And as he begins to sink, he he shouts out to the Lord, Lord, save me. And does Jesus just stand to one side and let Peter drown and say, well, Peter, you know, you asked to come out in the water. That would be uncaring, wouldn't it? Unloving. Is that what Jesus does? Of course he doesn't. What does he do? He reaches out his hand and he catches him. And the same is true for us. You see, those times when it feels like we're going to be overwhelmed by doubt, if we call out to the Lord, he will surely catch us. He's still there. He truly is the Son of God. And he's the one who can make those things that make you doubt. He's the one who can make them calm. Just like it happens here. Because when Jesus and Peter get into the boat, what happens? The wind dies down. And it's calm. So this morning, we all have our different personalities. Our temperaments. The things that make us the people that we are. Peter is up and down. He's the extreme. Even Peter had doubts. When he's focused on the waves and not focused on Jesus. In our lives, let's make sure that we focus on Jesus. Understanding who Jesus is. He's not just an ordinary man. He's not just a prophet. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is wonderful. He is powerful. He is ever loving. He is ever gracious. He's ever compassionate to you. Let's make sure we focus upon him. The one who can do the impossible. The one who is majestic. The King of Kings. The Lord of Lords. And if you're here this morning and you do feel as though you're sinking. You feel as though you're falling to the valley floor. Call out to Jesus. That's what this passage says to us. As Peter called out to Jesus, we can call out to Jesus. And when we call out to Jesus, Lord, save me, then surely he will reach out his hand. He will pull us up and he will bring us back to the mountaintop once more. So let's understand in this passage that we are to be people who focus upon Jesus. And even during those times when we have little faith, that Jesus is there to save us. Shall we just pray together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this is such a familiar passage to us today and there is so much that uh, we could learn from it. But what we really want to understand today is that as Peter walked out onto the water, that the circumstances didn't change. The water was churned up as it was before. But something changed within Peter. 
from a place of great faith. He turned to a place of little faith. He became focused upon the wind, upon the waves, rather than focused upon you, Lord Jesus. And we recognize in our lives that often that can happen. That as we take our eyes from you, Lord Jesus, that we can be overwhelmed by the wind and the waves around us, whatever that might look like. We can be threatened by life's problems. But Heavenly Father, help us to understand that Jesus is the one who can do the impossible because he is the one who is majestic. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the creator, the sustainer of all things. He is our redeemer. He is our friend. Help us, Lord God, not to domesticate Jesus, but to understand truly who he is and to give him the glory that he alone is due. And Father, as we come to you this morning, we also come honestly, understanding that in our own lives there are often times when we doubt. We doubt sometimes, Lord God, if you're even there. We doubt if the Christian faith is even worth it. But Lord God, we thank you that during those times when we're sinking, that when we call out to you, that you're the one who reaches out your hand and you're the one who saves us. So Lord God, we ask that you would speak to us through your word this day, we pray, and that you would give us a fresh vision of who Jesus is and all that he has done. For we pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.